When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again, my senior editor, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brenda McElinden. Fellas, you know, I kind of feel like Kyron Williams is Big Trouble in Little China. Like, Big Trouble in Little China might be the most disrespected movie of all time because it is just absolutely fucking fantastic and never seems to get the cred that it deserves. I kind of feel like Kyra Williams getting left off that, uh, that maximum list is right there. It's Kyra Duke Williams, Walker. a big trouble, little China, same thing. Yeah. Duke Walker. Same thing. Um, so David you're saying Lope, that he's Lopan must die. Are you saying that he's the pork chop express? Is that, is that what you're trying to tell me here? Listen, I mean, you know what old you know what old Josh Bulls always says? <laughs> Give me that fucking watch list, I can take it. I mean, Kyron Williams is a reasonable guy, but he's 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 experienced some very unreasonable things. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think Kyron wears lipstick, do you? <laughs> no. No, I don't <laughs> <laughs> just checking. Yeah, I, I do uh, know that he probably has said that he never runs faster than he can see. Uh, because besides all that, it's all in the reflexes. <laughs> At least that's what he told his last wife. <laughs> Was it, did he tell her on a dark and stormy night? Yeah. I mean, when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake... Yeah, <laughs> Kyron Williams is just going to look at that big old storm square in the eye and say, give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. No horse shit. <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? Uh, I've watched like 4,000 movies in my life, and I've never seen Big Trouble. Jesus. Jesus. Jude, Jude, what the hell are we going to do with you, buddy? But I will say Hi. that. I did because you guys we started five minutes late. I did uh, I pour myself a drink. Um, I am doing this on an empty stomach. Uh, I I decided to I figured it was I I make myself a bloody mary because as long as you put enough vegetables in them, it's practically a salad. And uh, I this may not be a brilliant idea. <laughs> so you're on yeah. an empty stomach. I just emptied uh, something else in my body, uh, which is why five minutes late. But um, Okay. You've never watched Big Trouble in Little China? That was uh that was actually a reference to uh to uh Brendan's attorney general. Did you hear about this story? No. Josh? Oh but oh Alfred? she showed up oh, to you, the, uh, the Michigan Yeah, game. she got blasted at the Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, State game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, did you hear about her Facebook? Her Facebook post about it? 
No. Can I just read, can I just read this to you? Because it's the funniest thing I've ever read from an elected official, and I've worked with a fair amount of them, right? She said, my official statement on tailgate gate, my staff has pleaded with me to hire a crisis management PR firm for an incident that occurred on October 30th at the UM MSU football game. Instead, I thought I would just share the events which tra- transpired that fateful day. Before the big game, I attended a tailgate on an empty stomach. Much to my surprise, MSU tailgates tend to have more alcohol than food, so I thought it seemed like a good idea to eat two Bloody Marys, since as long as you put enough vegetables in them, it's practically a salad. As it turned out, this was not a brilliant idea. Also, I might be a terrible bartender. I proceeded to go to the game, which I'm told Michigan definitely won, and started to feel ill. I laid low for a while, <laughs> but my friends recommended that I leave so as to prevent me from vomiting on any of my constituents. Polling consistently shows Roman showers to be unpopular among most demographics. I had a few folks help me up the stairs, and someone grabbed a wheelchair so as to prevent me from stumbling in the parking lot. Like all smart people attending festivities where drinking occurs, I had a designated driver. I went home, fell asleep on the couch, and my wife threw some blankets on me and provided me with some water and Tylenol for what she knew would be a skull-crushing hangover the next day. So there, that's the scandalous tale of the events that transpired at Tailgate Gate. Also, at some point, it seemed like a good idea to make the governor take a picture with Ron Weiser. Sorry, governor. Just so one doesn't have to imagine what the scene might look like, I've attached this handy photo. Normally, I would ask my trusted friend and communications savant, Kelly Rossman McKinney, for advice on an analyst crisis, but she died last night, so I can't. I'm human. Sometimes I screw up. This was definitely one of those times. My apologies to the entire state of Michigan for this mishap, but especially that Michigan fan sitting behind me. Some things you just can't unsee. From now on, I pledge to never drink on an empty stomach and definitely never to have another Bloody Mary because it's going to take a while to get that taste out of my mouth. Why is she not running for Senate? She should immediately be running for the Senate. It's just like, I, I mean, first of all, she's she's tailgating with uh, with Gretchen. And uh, Brendan, help me out here. Gretchen's a, uh, a a Republican, right? Gretchen Whitmer? No, she's yeah. a Democrat. Oh, she's a Democrat. Okay, so this AG's a Republican. So, like, they're different parties, right? Isn't that the deal? Yeah. Yeah. So... That's cool. Second of all, this picture is, you got to go online and see it. It's just, it's a woman who's clearly had way too much to drink sitting a seat. It looks like a freshman in the student section. Yeah, That's what it looks like. The sweet death to take her, right? So. (laughs) I mean, she should be running for Senate. I just, I thought, uh, God bless her. That kind of skill. God bless her. So. Has this been a big deal in the uh, in the Mitten State, Brendan? No, not particularly. Everybody just sort of gets a, a chuckle out of it. Yeah, I mean, that's a great should. statement. That's a great should. statement. I mean, w- way to fully own that one. So, by the way, getting drunk at a tailgate is the time martin tradition. So, I don't think anyone should really have to apologize too hard for that. I mean, you didn't kill anybody, right? No. I think pass it out in the stands. You should probably should apologize to uh, uh, <laughs> to the Honorable Jim Delaney. <laughs> the Honorable. <laughs> this is how you left the conference? Mm. Oh, shit. Well, 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 fellas. We are, uh, we're on senior day. That's yeah. where this season's at. It's a senior day, green jersey watch. It's uh, it's all of it. I, I don't know if they're going to do that this year. I I have not even heard even a, a, a nothing. I mean, absolutely jack. No, there's not even rumors. There's not even people pretending that there are rumors. This is actually. um, Oh, go ahead, Brent. I was just gonna say, be back to back years, right? Uh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, I was going to say this is this is a, a week when I'm I'm actually really missing Lou's emoji because Lou <laughs> used to tell the same exact story about Lou Holtz during Navy Week that I think is very applicable to whatever happened in <laughs> in Brian Kelly's press conference the other day when he was literally trying his best to talk up a three and seven team. Uh, you know, close losses. They've got it a basically ACC Player of the Year a tailback. Um, yeah, okay, he is sure. pretty good, but uh, yeah, but uh, let's let's. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, this is a game that Notre Dame should, will not only win, but should win handily, right? And so you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. Um, I mean, we hope we're in the bacon business. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the goal, right? Always. Um, all right. So, yeah, it's that time of um, – it's, it's definitely that time of year. Things are dwindling, and we got uh, we got a lot of stuff we're going to cover tonight. Uh, but before we get any further, got a little bit to take care of. Just a reminder, everybody, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. All your reviews that you leave on Apple Podcasts, I will read on the next OFD podcast. What kind of what kind of ratings are we looking for there, Brendan? Uh, I believe, uh, let me check my notes here. Um, we are looking for Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa earned five star re- reviews. Those work. Those work. I'm, I'm looking for who, who's the next earned. We got Julian Love. We got we got Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Who are we talking about earned? Is Kyron Williams an earned? Um, I mean, he was a four star, right? Eh. I think he's a yeah. three star on most services. I think he's a composite four. Um, okay. I think Logan Diggs. Logan Diggs is definitely, definitely climbing up that that ladder. I don't think he could even start laying claim till till like till third year, at least. But he's on he's on a path. Joe Alt is on a path. Joe Alt is definitely on a path. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I got I got a handful of reviews. So you guys, why don't you guys buckle up, uh, sit back, and let me uh, let me just lay this all out for y'all. Sure. Five stars. You got me finally from Brendan's <laughs> anime from Brendan's anime buddy. <laughs> yes. I gotta get my chew out of the, my mouth on this. These are a lot of words. All right, boys, you know, I've listened to the podcast for three years now and communicate pretty regularly with you all on Twitter. JCBV underscore 33. Brendan's best anime friend. Never used Apple Podcasts, so I never went to do a review until now. I love everything about the podcast, even when Josh makes statements that make me turn my head. (laughs) Still love you, my guy. Y'all are relatable. I'm South Bend born, raised in Wall. So the pronunciation jokes and drive time radio jokes which you have no idea the half of it really hit home. Brendan with his memes and anime always makes me laugh or get me hyped. And Jude and Josh going at it at times is just like me and my friends of mine. The real reason I do review is because I've been listening to the Irish breakdown podcast. Don't have to call them out by name. If you don't want to. Well, I just did. (laughs) And I finally, finally tuned into the live show after the Virginia game. Now I know what y'all refer to when you talk about toxic, about the toxicity. 
I knew it existed, but the magnitude I could not grasp until now. People are donating between two and twenty dollars every few seconds to get their chat highlighting so they can cry about how BK about BK and how we are not good, how we are good and not great. And the hosts agree with them. These two were apparently coaches, quote unquote, and stand on the pedestal about how the coaching staff needs to do this or that. One even seriously took 10 minutes to talk about a question, asking him if he would ever take a Notre Dame job if offered. He wasn't speaking ironically. He legit discussed it and said he wouldn't because of his wife. I don't know how he gets in the room to do a live show on that high of a horse. I know this was a bit of a rant, and you may have to censor some of it. Use this to talk about how being happy about being good, as we are not accepting not being great or something like that, blah, blah, blah. Just know I love you all. Keep doing what you're doing, and you, you'll you have at least one listener at all times. Go Irish. Woof, that was a mouthful. He's got a legit a qu- room. Just a quick question. Um, yeah. Does Notre Dame have a mandate for their employees to be vaccinated? I they do, because so. uh, yeah, okay. my brother-in-law so, is an employee, so I so know I that say that, that would probably cut off the the interview chance before uh, before it even got there, right? So, oh, my God. Hard to turn down a job you would never be offered in the first place, but... Oh God! <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I missed that. I missed that episode. <laughs> now I want to uh, find I, it. There, there. I mean, I don't have words. I did not know. I mean, I don't listen to it, so I don't know. But I. So, uh, yeah. So the, we the, at work, we've been working on the the certification of the election, which is a lot of inputting, um, you know, numbers from one computer spreadsheet into another computer spreadsheet, and. Um, since, you know, I haven't found a, a better way to do that, it, it takes me a long time. And so I actually fill my time listening to a podcast. And uh, there was a two hour and 16 minute podcast in my feed today about the college football playoff rankings. And you know how much I love them college football playoff rankings. And you know what? I gave it an honest hour. And then I was just like, I literally can't listen to another minute of this because, um, you know, I, I we can talk uh, and we probably will tonight about all of the iterations that could possibly happen. Um, but I'm actually really looking forward to watching the football games this weekend and watching the play out and and having fun with. Um, oh, my God, I can't believe that game went the way, you know, that that nobody kind of predicted. And and oh, wow, that was a blowout by that team and stuff like that. And just really kind of enjoying the games. I, I know we fill our time during the week talking about what could possibly happen you know, if, if these 14 things happen, but, uh, we're going to get a lot more information on, on Saturday. So, um, I'm, I'm for one real, as a college football fan, I, I you gotta be really, really excited about this weekend. It's not so much about Notre Dame, Georgia tech, uh, which obviously we'll all watch, but it's, it's more about, uh, Michigan state, Ohio state, and, you know, some of the other games that have real playoff in, implications. That's where Next I'm at. One. So I'll just, yeah. I just I want to watch the games. Yeah. There's there. Uh, it's two solid weeks. Three really. Um. From at Charlie Weiss Burner, five stars. <laughs> Quote. I love this podcast. Unquote. Charlie Weiss probably. <laughs> uh. Five stars here from. If only the White Star line had five stars. <laughs> Maybe the tit- this is from uh, Fiend and IRA. Maybe the tit- Titanic wouldn't have sunk. Question: Have any of you guys had a slow leak from your tub faucet? If so, did you call a plumber or DIY? Thinking about trying to fix it myself. Uh, I've done both, actually. 
I fixed it when I moved into my new house. Is it usually just a seal issue? Uh, It is 100% always a seal. Just make sure you shut off your power, run the water to make sure that it's off, uh, pop off that little knob on the top of it, and it is a seal every single time. I just generally just replace the whole damn faucet. <laughs> like it's it's time for a new one. That certainly works too. Uh, uh, but in terms of one to ten, ten being you, you should definitely call a plumber. Um, and one being like, I literally that, that literally took me five minutes of my life. It, it, that, yeah, that's it's like two. A two or th- it's like a two or three, right? So yeah, because I mean, here's your option. How much time do you have on your hands, buddy? I mean, honestly, if you're if you're like totally fucking busy and you just can't get to it. Or maybe you just don't trust yourself. It's going to cost you at least $50, if not $75, just for the plumber to show up at your house. And then probably an extra $30 for time and parts. So, I mean, you're looking at about 100 bucks. which, again, if you just buy a new faucet, it's actually easier to just slap a new one in and out. Same price. So, yeah, I mean, or, I mean, you're actually playing probably about $200, $250 for the new faucet, but, it, but it's new. Uh, so yeah, it's a two. Give it a whirl, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> What's the uh, worst that could happen? Well, the worst that could happen. <laughs> I mean, is not you much. Up, you end up calling the plumber you didn't want to call, right? Right. So. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. The worst that you could happen really is that you wasted time. And you're a little I mean, frustrated honestly, at yourself for it's not strong. being able to do it. With it's plumbing, just, it's the worst like that can happen is is you flood. You flood your shit. You turn you turn well, the water back on well, and the seal right. is off and it just starts spraying. It's assuming that I'm assuming that they have the water turned off. What's the worst that can happen if your water's turned off? Not a whole lot. And yeah. if you turn it on and it's it's still me- it's messed up even harder or shooting out everywhere, then you just shut the water back off and then call the plumber. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, last one for tonight. Five stars from RH of SB. Crossover episode. As an avid ND fan, I enjoy the hours upon hours of content put out by OFT each week. As an avid Real Housewives fan, I also enjoy the hours upon hours of content put out each week. Trying to keep up with all the content and commentary for both can be overwhelming. However, so, I would like to call on OFD's idea of a crossover episode. It may attract an audience of one, me, but it would be epic. Think about it for real. RHVSB. Uh, I, I, see, here's the, here's a dirty little secret. I tried to get Jen Shaw on the pod this week, but sadly, um, <laughs> sadly, she fled the scene and uh, she's in a little bit of trouble with that arrest. So, so I I approached my wife on this today. Yeah. And whether or not she got, whether or not she was tipped off prior to getting arrested. No, no, no. About <laughs> the, about a crossover pod. And I gotta say, she's fucking uncharacter uncharacteristically cocky as fuck. When I asked her, she's normally not this cocky about anything or that sure of herself about anything. And her first words out of her mouth was, "Did they watch all of them?" Like all of them, every single one, every single. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I think so. I yeah, fucking really. You know what? Like, 
Think so. That, you know that three months of a Peacock premium that I got uh, be for, for watching the Notre Dame game? Guess what my wife's currently doing? Watching all the Real Housewives go on vacation with each other on a special oh, yeah. Peacock uh, original programming of Real Housewives on vacation. That also yeah. is, is what it my only wife a, is doing right now. Is it only, it on, is only Peacock? on Peacock? It's yeah. only on Peacock, yeah. Yeah, that's what my wife's doing right now. Thanks, Toledo. I'm a, I'm literally gonna text my wife right now and tell her to tell her to get up all that. Say get on, get on, get on, get on Christy and Fran's level, man. I mean, like, what the fuck are you waiting for? <laughs> oh shit! Well, thank you for all those reviews. Uh, that means a lot. That helps us out, and good to know. Moving on. So what do we want to talk about first? Do we want to talk about Brendan, do you want to break down Georgia Tech first? Or do we want to just we want to talk about the college football playoff rankings that just came out? Let's do the let's do the college football playoff rankings first and then we can uh, okay. we can break down Georgia Tech. All right. So so Notre Dame moved up one spot. They did not get jumped by Oklahoma State as I didn't predict it. I just felt that it was a very a very good possibility. Which is it's still a very good possibility in the end. If Oklahoma State goes 12 and 1, no matter what else happens for Notre Dame, I think Oklahoma State well they'll jump up Oklahoma State over them. But that's either here that's either here nor there. Um, I mean it's just it was it was the, the same stuff we saw the week before. Uh, but you know you don't have to watch college football games now according to to Barta, right? Just. You add up the yard points. Barta said you add up the yard points. I, I just uh, that that caught me off guard when he was like, all of the metrics say that Michigan's better than Michigan State, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Barta, they played a game, my man. <laughs> they played a game two weeks ago. Yeah, you, you don't have to speculate about this. Um, yeah, you don't. I thought, need to do I thought Bruce Feldman said it best on the Pot of Gold podcast, which is like, you know, my parents raised me with a very strong sense of right and wrong, and it just it it offends my sense of right and wrong when you say. Uh, you know, set aside the game. Like, I, what are we even doing here if you're setting aside the game? You know, so um, it's just it's wrong. Right is right and wrong is wrong. So let me and let me you know, ask you guys this question. I, I want to ask you guys this question. I, I, I can't remember if we touched on this the last pod, but fuck it. We're here. Let's talk about it one more time, I guess. Why would the playoff committee put themselves out like that, knowing that things will have work itself out? In the end, really with the Big Ten, why would you why would you allow yourself to have that question posed and so soon? And I mean, and Josh, that is the day, days that after. is the sixty four thousand dollar question no, because they no, could have they literally could have left it as is and it would they took it the hard route would have it would have settled really the hard route in two weeks. But they they took the route that got people talking. Like true the the, the college football playoff television program it doesn't need to happen right they only really need to put out one at the end of the year they don't need to do this like song and dance every single week and the reason they do is for ratings and to generate buzz which which, hold on which is fine and lovely i have no problem with it as it is like i don't like if people don't like it then don't watch i enjoy it and i i'm gonna have i'm gonna have some fun with it but like people, a lot of people that the first words out of their mouth was like, "This is a TV show," are like trying to like put it. Then don't watch it. Then don't talk about it. You don't have to. Simple. I mean, I know exactly. It's trash TV, just like Real Housewives. You should know exactly what it is when you get into it. 
However, I do like to figure out. I, I do like examining like the the whys and ifs. And I really do love the explanations at the end because it's funny how much just watching them trip over themselves to contradict themselves like in a week or in two weeks or whatnot. And then saying something as stupid as set aside the games, like don't watch the games. Look at this spreadsheet. Like what the fuck? (laughs) Like these people make a salary on top of this. Yeah. They get paid. For their time, They're, they watch all of the games. Um, so I, uh, two, two things. One, I don't think this was created just for, for chatter. Second of all, um, you know, the specific ranking of, of Michigan and Michigan State. Second, um, I am one of those people that don't watch the show and think that it's it probably the worst worst thing that's going going on. And, and that I, I made it clear last week that I think it's like it's like politics or like CNN or MSNBC or Fox News. Or oh, whatever. it absolutely it just, is. It, it literally just exists to make people frustrated. Um, and, I, and 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 there's really no good reasoning behind it. But at the same time, I'm on a college football podcast. And, and so, yeah, I understand that it comes with the territory that we're going to talk about it. And um, I find it mildly interesting. I spent about, you know, five minutes looking at it on, you know, whatever night, they, Tuesday night that they come out with it or whatever. Uh, but not really thinking too hard about it because the one that I'm most interested in is the one that actually decides where all the bowls are happening. That's that's the you know, and until then, I'm just going to enjoy the football games that we have coming up. And I know I just said that <clears throat> ten minutes ago, but that's how I really feel. I, I think I think part of it too, for at least the Michigan Michigan State discussion, is that every single advanced metric that exists, all of the math does say. Michigan is the better game team. If you watched that, if you watched that Michigan Michigan State game, it was Kenneth Walker doing incredible things in Michigan, just choking a game away in which they dominated. I mean, Cade McNamara had a career game, um, and there were stretches of game where it was like, how is Michigan? I mean, Michigan was up 16 points and they choked away the game, and Kenneth Walker had a transcendent performance, and. Um, I mean, this Michigan State team, um, they didn't get a first down in the second half against Nebraska, and they were losing in that football game in the second half, and a punt return was able to get them to OT where they won. I mean, Michigan State has not been particularly um, impressive in a lot of spots this year, and that's not to say Michigan has been. Michigan hasn't played anybody. Michigan struggled with Nebraska, and Nebraska also gifted Michigan a win. And Rutgers. And Rutgers, um, that second half against Rutgers, they had what, like a handful of first downs in that second half themselves. Um, and then the the Penn, I mean, if you watch the Penn State game, I mean, it was it was how is James Franklin going to lose this game? Um, and then it's like, well, Michigan's going to it just you let a, a blundering tight end sort of like meander 45 yards or whatever all. Uh, to to beat you if you're James Franklin, you're like, how'd you let that? How'd you let Michigan win that? And you know, Michigan's just, I guess, has according a better defense, and the the advanced stats love the defense. So um, no one was madder about that Penn State game than James Franklin's agent. Oh God, yeah, because I think it cost him a big job, right? I, I think it, it did. I would just, I would like, I I think the Gary Bartha should take our advice and just embrace the villain role. I think Gary Bartis should be like, you know what? Our reasoning for Michigan, Michigan state makes the, makes no sense when applied to Oregon, 
Ohio State. But guess what? We don't care what you think. Well, we I mean, it's just to decide. what they do. No, what they do is something that's unique to uh, to the world of villains. And that is they make villains out of other people. Right. Like like Andy Staples, even kill guy. Just listening to the way he breaks down the college football playoff. I can't be on a completely other end of something more than I think I am with him on a lot of these different things. Like he's not the only one say, for example, this weekend, if Cincinnati loses to to SMU, I think a lot of people out there expect SM or expect Cincinnati to drop like a rock. Like 11, yeah, 10 or 12. 12. Yep. That's what I expect. And yet here's Staples saying that Notre Dame, even with a one loss Cincinnati cannot and should not be jumping Cincinnati. Well, we're already sitting at fucking Ooh. eight. So do you drop us back with a Cincinnati? No, that's just, that's fucking unheard of. Like that's insanity. And yeah. I mean, I, I think at that point, First of all, they've shown a willingness but, to to put people above who've lost to, to other people, right? So they, they've got to set right. that precedent. And second of all, you, you start looking at strength of schedule, who who who's beaten top twenty five teams. Um, you know, it it starts to look a lot more in favor of, of Notre Dame. I think Cincinnati existing there because they're undefeated. If they're not undefeated, then yeah, absolutely, I, I agree with Brendan. They'll, they'll fall to probably eleven or twelve. Yeah, if you lose a home yeah, game to. Or- an 11 and you're an 11 and a half point favorite and you lose a home game, you're going to, you're going to drop like a stone. Yeah. It's for me, it's right now. It's less of the results or the paths and more of the, the takes. And that's one, like, how does that happen? How can you have a take that bad? Like they're going to drop. Well, they're only going to, are they going to, if Cincinnati lost to SMU, you're saying they'd only drop two spots. No, of course not. I mean, they're I looking to like bounce them anyway. Like as bad as we think that take is, and I and I agree with you that that takes pretty bad. The committee has shown a willingness to just make up the rules as they go. So literally, I oh, think I anything is possible. Anything is possible. No, anything is possible. But that is just that's out of the realm. No, that's so. Every time somebody says something like a two lost Alabama team will never or will always or whatever, it's just like, I mean, I I, I, just, I adopt the Matt, the Matt Freeman thing, which is like. You know, man, like the committee's going to do what the committee's going to do. And we can spend a lot of time sitting here. We can literally spend two hours and 16 minutes talking about, you know, if Oklahoma State does this and then Oregon does that and, and everything like that. But the committee's just they're just going to do whatever the fuck they want to do. So I just that is true. But I think the, there are I, I think football. there are I think there are universal truths. And yeah. number yeah, one, one is number a two one. law. A two a two loss non conference championship winning Alabama is not going to be in the top four. No, it's a tw- I I think this is you. Know, I think this should be true. A twelve and one Oklahoma State is a, is in the top four. Yes, they are. Yep. If you're in, that's now, a precedence for the Alabama thing because if you recall the 2018 season, uh, Georgia took Alabama Georgia. to the yeah. wire, and it was a yeah. fake punt. It was it was Kirby doing the fake punt nonsense. That put Alabama amazing coach. Yeah, no kidding. And you know what? The the media talking heads, we had to listen to Kirk Herbstreet talk about um, a two loss Georgia who played Alabama close should be in over Notre Dame. 
Do you remember this? Uh, I remember this. And then I remember undefeated, Georgia players. Undefeated, yeah, undefeated Notre, Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. And Georgia because players, they had, you know, <clears throat> chirping. And the, the reason – Herb Street was a total villain that year because he had just came off of the Michigan should be in over Notre Dame after yeah. Ohio State fucking – Put another fucking hole in Michigan's ass. Dropped a 70 spot or whatever. But it was but it was up until that game, he was uh, on there. That's funny because I, I remember I remember Dez being the perpetrator of that one more than Herb Street, but you I'm you're probably not wrong. I mean I remember weirdly David Pollock being the lone defender of that and saying David Pollock, Pollock, Pollock will Pollock. always defend field Notre results. He will always oh, defend well, the results, and he strangely, ever since that 2017 Notre Dame, like, you know how there was that bromance that was between Notre Dame and Georgia that lasted for a season? Uh, for, for a season. Pollock hasn't forgotten it. He is always very complimentary of Notre Dame on the, yeah, the broadcast. He's not above criticism. Now, he's not above criticism because he, ha- he has criticized Notre Dame for some th- – but for obvious things. I mean, it's like we're – The same things we do, We yeah. do it in our – but he's never been over the top about it. For the last few years, I mean, Pollock's been pretty, he's been even with Notre Dame and he has been dead on straight up, like on the field results matter. He didn't care about anything else, which that's, that's is funny because I, I, I don't watch college game day, but I saw a couple of people chirping at him on, I think it was last Saturday morning about something he must have said about Notre Dame. He did. He did. Okay. He, uh, but I mean, what, what's he supposed to say? He's a he's a non he's a non fan non NDB reporter, and we're talking about it. They're, they're talking about a team who had close wins at Florida State, at Virginia Tech, against Toledo at home, lost to Cincinnati, and statistically has not looked that great. Even though there's a few math problems out there that has them looking okay, BCS. it doesn't even matter. They just they just haven't looked that great. They haven't looked dominant. And that's really all he said. He he just he wasn't giving Notre Dame much uh, much credence to make it. And look, it's still a long, it's still somewhat of a long shot for Notre Dame to make the fucking playoff. He's not wrong, but he but I mean, but he was he said it. He said the thing. So he's gonna piss a few people off. Uh, but I think I think if most of the talking heads that are out there, I think he's been about as even with Notre Dame as as most as most people can be. He's no Beto Cook. <laughs> he's not. He's not anointing uh, Tyler Buckner uh, uh, for Heisman's. No, but he could be anointing Rob Ballas' son. He could. <laughs> I think oh, Beto's dead. That. Beto's dead. So I don't think he's doing much of anointing of anything. So I thought a lot about that article I wrote back in the spring about uh, how important. Ron Palace the third RP, was RP three to, to 20 to, yeah, to 2022. And I still believe it right now. Prove me wrong. I mean, he's probably I mean, going mo- to be the backup. Most, most people believe pine comes back next year. And I, yeah. I, I can get in line. I can get in line with that, but maybe he sees it all. I mean, maybe after the spring, who knows? I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the ones like that, don't really do anything until after spring anyways. You know what I mean? But that's either here or there. We don't need to get it's into all that. It's funny because uh, Eric and uh, Tyler got a question on their pod about a you know, two quarterback system next year. And they were both like, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that. Like, no. you know, like Notre Dame brought in Tyler Buckner to do something 
very important um, that they believe that he can do. If it, if you had to do some sort of rotation system with him for two years, then obviously you don't believe he could do the thing that you you've expected him to do. And what makes you think that doing another year of this is going to make it make the situation better? You yeah, know. you probably should have so just going to get J.J. McCarthy if if that's how if that's how the staff feels right. about Tyler Buckner. Yeah. Well, well, what's going to get interesting is is signing day, which is rapidly approaching. Um, you know, what if Notre Dame flips Walker Howard? It's not out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, LSU's a fucking mess. They, yeah. don't, they don't have a head coach ready to go. Here's a five-star quarterback that you're recruiting. You are you, and you have a four-star in the class right now in Steve Angeli. I mean, that's a that's a tidal wave ready to happen. But let's say let's say Howard Howard signs. Hell, Howard and Angeli both sign. I can't imagine that happening, but say it does. The first bad play out of just knowing that the most random Notre Dame fan who only knows that there's a five-star quarterback on the roster first the first three and out or the first turnover whatever they're gonna be screaming for this kid's name this kid's name who is at best a fringe five-star quarterback he's not like he's not trevor lawrence you know i mean he's like he's on the fringe of being a he's like a he's drake brown (laughs) kenny hill drake bowen yeah that Kenny, I said Kenny Hill, the thrill. Kenny Trill. Yeah. I'll take a Kenny Pickett if they got one. <laughs> well, you got to wait. Kenny Pickett's like a fine wine. You got to age him before he can yeah. be effective. He's, he's on the uh, the Joe Burrow method. Which is which is a fantastic method. It's a legend. Uh, yeah, so, th- so that was the playoff rankings. And there's plenty of scenarios. There's plenty this of games weekend, this weekend that'll be important. This weekend, yeah, I mean, this weekend is going to um, solidify things until the last one. I, th- I, I mean, one of, the, one of the most important things for this week already happened anyways. And that's Eastern Michigan beating Western Michigan for the third year in a row, baby! <laughs> I've got a question for you guys since this is the senior night. Or, or senior day, I guess it would be. Um, what guys with re- eligibility remaining do you expect to see back next year for Notre Dame? The receivers? Like, everyone seems, uh, well, the people I was listening to today seem to think Kevin Austin is a no-brainer, but, like, is that a no-brainer? It depends on, it's, well, I don't know. Does he want to go to the Equinemia St. Brown route to be a six-round pick? I don't, I don't know that he's even really a six-round pick at this point, is he? Uh, me, I mean, people. Well, was I, I mean his measurables? I guess I imagine if he shows up to the combine, he's gonna. Oh yeah, if he balls out right. of the combine, of course. So I'm gonna I'm gonna real quick I'm gonna go down the list of fifth years and senior and normal seniors. What about six? And years? I'm just gonna. Well, they're on there too. Fifth yeah, years. Can I have my Avery guys. Davis back? Yeah. So all right. Tyron Williams, gone. Seba Flemisher, gone. George Takis, probably gone. Braden Lindsey, yeah. Kevin Austin, Joe Wilkins, probably all back. I don't know that Joe Wilkins sticks Likely. around. What do you think? Why? What's he going to do? Well, he's got go on with his right? life? Yeah. Start his life? Eh. Or play for go a team where he, gets, 
he gets more more looks. He I mean, is was, he going to get more looks with the he was with run, the sophomore Styles and Cools? He was running with the first team before he went down for an injury. So right, I mean, but now, but it, it, two it, big it, things have happened. In the mind, Deion Coles, the in, in his mind, what's changed? In his mind, what's changed? He just got hurt. Was all. He just he heals up. Well, he pipped. Talk about, his, talk about in his mind, not, not right, our mind. When in the spring, when he's not getting the reps that he's expecting to get, like, isn't that a perfect time to, to bounce? When was the last time you know? What's the last time you know a, a senior player like that not get reps in spring? Uh, when Lorenzo Styles is on the roster, this staff has been pretty loyal to see the senior players. It'll be a Joe Wilkins decision. I'm sure they'll have that conversation, but I think as far as he's concerned, just, just a guess in his mind, he was running with the ones before he got hurt. He's going to heal up and be running with the ones in the spring. Um, Zeke Carell coming back. Jarrett Patterson. Do not know. Wild cards. John Dirksen. That'd be awesome for us. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be fucking fantastic. John Dirksen, uh, pro- that's a fifth year, probably transferring. Just guessing here. Uh, Andrew Christophic, Quinn Carroll, because both those guys returning. Uh, Howard Cross, Jacob Lacey, both those guys returning. Uh, Dada Safa Mensa, Isaiah Foskey, Cita Equinu. Wait, e- didn't Equinu? Here's the one thing. Here's the one thing I would say about Foskey, though, is he can leave this year and he can get second, third round money. Or if he next comes back next year, he could get first round money. Yeah. And, it, and the difference, difference between second and first round is um, the guaranteed it's year. pretty big. Yeah. You get another guaranteed and, year and there's a pretty big. And you get to add this to the equation, too. Isaiah Foskey can do that. And he can also like it's not the same as coming back as a left tackle. Because of the rotation that Elston has on the defensive line, he's not taking the wear and tear like an offensive lineman does. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's not, or 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 even a running back, where he's, you know, where the downs are, there's there's less the playable downs. So that may that may go into the equation. I don't know. Um, Equinu, this is a he'll be a senior next year, but. Um, it, I'm saying, see, I'm putting the seniors in this mix because most of these seniors are going to be eligible to graduate. Not that it matters anymore um, as far as like the transfer rule goes, but I think to, to just about everybody on that Notre Dame roster, the Notre Dame degree is important. Yeah. So even though they can transfer and go somewhere else and be eligible right away, I think for, I would say a good 90% of them, at least that Notre Dame degree, like once they get past their sophomore year, when they're juniors, that degree means something. It may not mean something to a freshman. I mean, after the freshman year, they must be like, fuck this. I, this don't mean shit to me. I'll go get, I'm going to go to Rutgers and just deal with that shit. So that's why I'm listing these guys' names off. Cause they, 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 you know, they could bounce if they get their degree. Um, Equinu, I have no idea. Uh, uh, Justin Admiola, uh, fifth year guy, probably coming back. Um, I don't have Jason. That's strange. I don't have Jason Admiola on my uh, on my list, but I believe he, I, mean, I know he can come back for another year. I just don't think that he's going to. Um, Jack Kaiser, Maris Lewifow, Jenny Bertrand, all those guys will be back. DJ Brown probably returns. Litchfield, Javon, who cares? Uh, Kyle, Ham- Kyle Hamilton, he's going pro. Uh, KJ Wallace. 
I, doesn't matter. Cam Hart probably coming back. Jay Bramblett. Hmm. Be back. Jay, that's, it's a true senior year for Jay Bramblett next year. Uh, Ed, we'll be moving. Ed, we'll be moving on from door. It'll be Josh Bryan most likely in 2022 as our kicker. Just FYI. And Alex Page as our long snapper instead of six star. Uh, <clears throat> instead of the milk. Yep. Six star long snapper. Six star Alex Page. That's right. Yeah. You're right. It's a lot of names there. I expect, and I expect a lot of them back. I mean, I just, I just do. I don't, I don't see a whole huge defection from guys. Well, they got to get the scholarship numbers down to 85. um, And they're going to sign a pretty big class. So I don't know if they have to get it to 85 next year. Because you still have super. That's right. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's not settled, which means it's going to get taken care of. There's too many programs across the country that this affects even even more so than Notre Dame. Um, so they're they're going to do something. Like you gave these guys an extra years, extra year, you're not going to like not have it open for them to be on a roster. Um, and that'll go on for another. Probably a couple of years. So yeah, that's. Thanks for writing that down for me. I was just I was curious about your take because I you know definitely heard some some other uh, insight from other guys who were you know using senior senior day as an opportunity to talk about who we might see do senior day festivities for a couple of years. Yeah, those are always like Sean Crawford doing it for like five years straight is pretty was pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's you, taking the laps. Here's my next question: Do you believe in a senior day effect where there's a, either a slow start or kind of a um, underwhelming performance because of the emotional effect of senior day? Hasn't really been the case as of late, has it? I'm just trying um, to think. <clears throat> I don't. I mean, I can run down the last couple of senior days if you want. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there was Q's there's Q's last year. It was forty five twenty one. That seems pretty good. And, and right? that was much bigger before that fourth quarter when we were we had whatever out there letting that uh, that running back go wild. <clears throat> year before was forty to seven against Boston College. <laughs> <clears throat> Florida State in twenty eighteen. Killed him. Forty two killed him. Forty two thirteen. It was a night game, green green jerseys. I feel like that was a little bit of a different vibe. Listen, that 2018 Florida State game, I'm sitting up there in the press box, and it's fucking cold outside. And I see the Florida State guys come out, and they looked exactly like the Miami players from the Sun Bowl, just decked up. And I'm kind of chuckling about that a little bit, you know. And then here comes Notre Dame's defensive backfield out for drills in nothing but underwear, just straight up in fucking compression shorts out on the field. And I'm like, I mean, I already, I was pretty confident we were going to win that football game anyways, but I'm like, <laughs> how bad does that suck for those guys on the other side of the field, freezing their balls off, watching these guys come out and fucking their underwear, like it's fucking runway for Victoria's Secret. I mean, it was, it was something else. So I guess the question is, do you put more credence in the last three years or the five years previous to that? Because 2017 was the after Miami Navy game where Notre Dame won 24-17. 
2016 was the choke job against Virginia Tech. Um, 2015 was what really this is a different Brian Kelly. If we're going to believe in the Wake Forest, yeah, was we're going to believe in the whole Brian Kelly change thing. If you believe in the Brian Kelly 2.0 thing and, and what he's done for this program since the 2017 season, then I think you have to believe in the last three results. 2017 Navy, notwithstanding, it's a fucking Navy game. It could be a blowout or it could be stupid. And it was after it was that Miami game. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would I put more stock into into those three opponents. Plus, none of them have been good. It's not like they've been anywhere close to being like a a team that can compete on Notre Dame's level, like well, for 20, real. 2015 Wake Forest. I mean, that was a pretty good Notre Dame team. Right. But, but what I'm talking about is after the, the opponent after right? the season. Yeah. And this opponent's not going to be particularly good either. We'll get into that, but like, I don't know. Uh, Georgia Tech's not great. <laughs> They're not great. Yeah. I we'll get into it when we start talking about scores, but I expect a, I expect something very specific out of this game. So, um, is it 38, 17 by any chance? It, I am not Tyler James or Eric Hansen <laughs> or Eric Hansen. Yeah, no. Or like the 40 other people out there are probably picking that same score. It's a very popular pick score, by the way. Yeah. No, no, I got something. I got something lined up for them. Well, let's get into it. I mean, might, might as well step on into the to the beehive that is the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Brendan, what have we got? Um, well, so we still don't know who's their starting quarterback um, going into this game. Uh, so that's great. It could be a, another instance where Notre Dame plays the backup, but it could also be an instance where the backup is better than the starter. Um, but as far as Georgia Tech goes, the only name really of note um, that we should all keep our eye on. Uh, Josh, do you know who that is? You and I have been uh, high on him since. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, Jameer Gibbs. Number, yep, Jameer Gibbs, number one. Uh, he's their running back. He is not only their leading rusher, he is also their leading uh, pass catcher. Uh, he leads the team both looks, in catches with 35 and yards. Looks excellent out there. Like that's he a, that's is, a, that, that is a playoff-worthy player. Out there, he looks really good on a football field. He he uh he's he's housed a kick return, um so that's that's something that he that he's done. Um, he's going to be a problem, I think, in the passing game, uh maybe more so than the running game, because I think Notre Dame is going to be pretty competent at being able to stop a team from from running if that's what they set out to do, which is what they're going to set out to do. In the passing game, what makes him dangerous is that like, um. Like he sneaks out of the back. Like he took a 77 yard wheel route against Duke to the house. Um, they threw it behind the line of scrimmage to him just on a little, uh, you know, against Miami. And he went for 50 for a touchdown when he gets the ball in his hands and he has space. Um, he's electric. So if there's a guy on this team, that's going to, um, that we need to keep an eye on. It is almost exclusively Jameer Gibbs. That's the guy like that's the, you know, Drake London of, uh, of this team that we got to keep an eye out for. And if we uh, do what we did to Drake London and keep him out of the end zone, Notre Dame should win pretty handily. Um, as far as the quarterback situation goes. Um, so I, I guess Jeff Sims was, uh, he was in a boot. Um, 
in the game last week, and they started uh, Jordan Yates. Jordan Yates has actually started a couple of games this year. Uh, he started against Kennesaw State, and he also started against Clemson. Um, and he got some pretty extended action against the loss to Northern Illinois. Let me just uh, reiterate that. The loss to Northern Illinois. Um, it started the season, then, didn't it? Yeah, started the season with a loss to Northern Illinois. Uh, lost to Northern Illinois. Um, <laughs> and then he, he started last week against Boston College. Um, YouTube's great. Um, with their, the AC, ACC is great on YouTube because uh, ACC condenses all of their, they'll put out the full, uh, the full two hour broadcast version of the game, as well as a 20 to 25 minute um, condensed version of every game that their conference teams play. Uh, so I was able to watch all of the Georgia Tech games uh, minus Kennesaw State, because I'm, I'm not going to watch Georgia Tech Kennesaw State even for 20 minutes. Um but if it's Jordan Yates, I mean, he is he is tater top for CA. Like when I watch this guy play, um, he throws off, you know, he, he does the stupid he does the tater tot stupid uh, leg kick when he throws the ball. He he likes to when he throws in the pocket, it's it's pretty, pretty garbage. So if Notre Dame can keep him in the pocket, that would be great. Um, he likes to get out and move. He is actually the nephew of TJ Yates. I'm uh, not sure if you knew that. So I, I'm sure that's something that if Tom Hammond was on the the broadcast, um, that's something Tom Hammond would would mention no fewer than 15 times. Um, and I'm not particular. I mean, he's he's a dual threat. He's a running quarterback. Both of them are. Um, both Jordan Yates and uh, Jeff Sims are both dual threats, um, and they're significantly more dangerous as runners than they are as passers. Um, if it's Jeff Sims playing in the game, um, well, he's thrown seven picks this year and all of his picks, uh, have a pretty similar theme. So against, um, uh, Pittsburgh, the, the first pick that he threw, um, he just, he rushed a pass over the middle, got tipped and it got picked. The second one, he got hit as he threw, should have held onto the ball. Instead, he tried to force the issue and he just like threw it away as he was falling to the ground and it was returned for a touchdown. He threw two picks against Duke. It was a, a third and five was the first one. And he just rushes a throw to a guy with three defenders around him. Um, and the second guy just picks it off easily. The second pick Duke rushes three and they get a little bit of pressure. And rather than stepping up in the pocket, Sims just wings it right into the corner's hand who runs it for a, a pick six. Uh, so he's not a couple of the, well, it was, it would be a pick six. I should say the corner uh, ended up like blowing out his hamstring on the play uh, against Virginia. He throws into double coverage in the end zone on first and 10 from the 27 pick, you know, just blows the drive against Georgia tech. Uh, or against uh, Virginia Tech, uh, it was fourth and ten game on the line. He had a man open at the sticks, but he tried to force a pass downfield, throws a pick, and then Miami. Once again, he just forces another one over the middle, and it's picked. When when you watch Jeff Sims, he is just trying to force passes and just try and make the big play rather than take the safe play. He's like the Bizarro um, Jack Cohn as far as his passing. He will. He will always take the riskier play, and more often than not, it is resulting in picks. He's also put the ball on the ground and lost five fumbles this year. So Jeff Sims is is uh, a kid that, I mean, I, 
I, I was pretty high on him and he, he had a pretty good freshman year, but um, he just takes too many risks and he is too free with the, the football. And there's actually like when I was going through and, and diving into Georgia tech for whatever reason, um, there's a contingent of Georgia tech fans that want Jordan Yates to be the quarterback just because Jeff Sims is so inconsistent and uh, free with the football and they're, they're tired of the turnovers. He's got 12 turnovers uh, on the air and, and, and they've had enough of that. Um, and then defensively, as, as far as this team goes, um, every statistical category that, uh, Georgia tech has, um, entered into the, uh, the column of a positive came against North Carolina. And, and what I mean by that is, so Georgia tech has just 16 sacks on the season. That's not great. Um, Eight of those 16 sacks came against North Carolina. Um, they have three interceptions this year. Uh, two of them came against Kennesaw State. And I guess their best guy, um, they have a linebacker, uh, Charlie Thomas, uh, number 25. He leads the team in tackles for loss and sacks. So that's great. Charlie Thomas sounds great. He leads the tag team in tackles for loss and sacks. And linebacker position, that's fantastic. Um, 4.5 of his tackles for losses and 2.5 of the sacks both uh, came against North Carolina. So um, all of their picks came against Kennesaw State. And all of their sacks and tackles for losses came against uh, North North Carolina. Um, this team just gets, they just get gashed. Um, they were down 42 to 14 at halftime against Pitt. Um, it was 41, 24 entering into the fourth quarter against Virginia. Um, like I said, they lost to Northern Illinois. Uh, Brian Kelly said some nice things about them in the, the, the press conference, but like, Jeff Collins was supposed to come in and, and make this defense good. And and you see, there's a lot of times where it's like the, the commercial where the old man's got the dollar bill on the fishing pole is like, oh, oh, almost got him. And that's what their pass rush kind of is, is because they're always just like a step too slow on their pass rush. Um, and a lot of them, they're a step too slow because they're back there for so long because they're and their their corners and safeties don't make plays. Um, it's just a bad unit, uh, defensively and offensively, just, you can't turn the ball over at the rate that, that they do. And they don't have any real dynamic threats at the wide receiver position. I guess Malachi Carter is their leading wide receiver, but he's not particularly great. Um, just. So this is not the sleeping giant that I have foreseen. It is. It is not. I. I or, or the giant stays asleep. Maybe. Maybe for for Sims, he's. You know, a lot of players get that sophomore slump, um, and maybe he's just experiencing that sophomore slump, and he's trying to to. For, you know, Trevor Lawrence's sophomore year kind of had that too, where he forced a lot of. He had a lot of turnovers his sophomore year because he tried to force a lot of plays and makes a lot of things happen. Um, it's a similar thing with with Sims, where you just see this this kid pressing. Um, and the, the the backup, um, he's a night he he scoots and he's kind of elusive. And the best way, like I watch him and I just think tater top forcier, like he's not a threat if you keep him in the pocket. And if you keep him in the pocket, I mean he's just he's it's over. And that's what that's what teams did to, to tater tot and minus um, you know Charlie Weiss. 
so what was what was Georgia Tech's uh, lone uh, conference wins this year? It, uh, they two, beat two, Duke and North Duke, Carolina. Right, right that was North, North Carolina, Carolina. That's right. Yeah, fifty-five twenty-two, or about forty-five twenty-two. And like and I said, they right. had the, eight the North sacks. Carolina spiral, right? Yeah, wasn't that the well? The North Carolina game? spiral started right off the bat with Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah, that's right. But that's not to say this didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's all relative. So, all right. So, this is not a team that really is even fully capable of coming on the road up north into cold weather to upset a top 10 team at all. Right. Like this is just not, it's just not in the cards. Not unless I mean, there is the possibility um, for for Jeff's if it's Jeff Sims um, for him to put it together and to kind of have that. I mean, he's a talent. So there is the possibility that Jeff Sims comes up and he the combination of him and, and you know, Gibbs. Jimmy or Gibbs are able to put together this this phenomenal um, performance where they're able to score like, you know, 35 points and upset Notre Dame is if they're so well, wouldn't that's wouldn't that be a uh wouldn't that just lean more into like a, a shootout then like a like a 41 37 type game you know right I mean? well I think we're just frustrated the whole game and we're we're wondering um why are our linebackers not good in coverage against this this uh this running back who keeps, you know, scooting Wait, out. Say that again. Field. Say that again. Why are our linebackers not that great in coverage? And why I believe I've the, said that a few times this season as beforehand. So. Um, yeah. So, uh, but that, that was before we found out that Bo Bauer is the greatest, um, uh, ball hawking linebacker that Notre Dame's seen since Manti Teo. He is pretty incredible. I mean, he is, he is something else. You know, now, that was a name that I didn't, my scholarship chart's not adjusted completely. Uh, Bo Bowers, another guy that could come back next year as well. Just, Jude, sure. if you're looking for more names. Yeah. Yeah, Bo Bowers, another one. That's a lot of guys taking the minimum amount of uh, uh, scheduled credits and really getting rest between games. Mm-hmm. Well, because Bauer Bauer's taking that uh, that he's that. What's great about Notre Dame is like just remember like the like the start of the Charlie like in the middle of the Charlie Weiss era and even a lot of the early Brian Kelly era. Fifth years were invited back to get their master's degrees and like to be students. Now fifth years are brought back to just play some fucking football and independent studies. Which is fantastic. Good for good for Notre Dame. No one cares. There's if there is a alum out there who is uh, who got their feelings hurt because there's a guy who's been there on campus for five years playing football and he's doing like one independent studies class at home for uh, to be eligible. For, uh, then you're not paying attention. You don't care. You just want to bitch. You live to bitch. 
<sighs> so, I mean, is this a game, Brendan? Let me ask you this. Is this, is this a an offense because of the sometimes shaky uh, linebacker uh, co- um, covered passing game coverage? Is this a game where you can see some extra stress put on the safeties, who none of which are Kyle Hamilton? And <laughs> even though they've been playing, even though they've been playing better, they've been playing well. You know, the young guys, all that. It's still like we're kind of really relying on some young guys. Like anyway, anyone who thinks that Houston Griffith isn't going to get a shit ton of snaps in his last game in Notre Dame Stadium, which is another name I didn't bring up because. I, there's no Houston Griffith doesn't come back to Notre Dame next year, uh, but I mean that could be a real thing. That back end is still shaky. Yeah, um, I just I would hope that because it's just one guy and it's a running back that they would be it, it's not the same and because he's got such a a explosiveness to his game that the coaching staff would be able to um, single him out and to do things uh, to prevent him from having big games. But we saw Josh Downs happen. Um, right. So yeah, there's, what there's about, definitely a possibility. I mean, what about a Cincinnati going Cincinnati style and using uh, their tight ends more? Does, does Georgia tech have any capable tight ends of, I mean, uh, it was Cincinnati's backup tight end that killed us. So um, their starting tight end, Dylan Leonard, has seven catches for 41 yards on the season. It's just not He's their offense. All the season. It's it's not their it's it's just not their offense. It's like um, the triple option never left for the tight ends. You know, it it really hasn't. Um, they just have a, a glut of wide receivers. Um, Kyrick McGowan is kind of their their red zone and touchdown guy. He's got seven touchdowns on the year. Um, but I mean, it, it's not like he's six four. He's like five eleven. Okay. So, um, all right. They don't. They don't really have. Um, they don't really have that kind of like go to wide receiver that we've seen some other teams have. the The passing game is is if they're going to find big success, it's probably going to be Jameer Gibbs. Um, One man even, show. And even then, if if Notre Dame's able to keep their quarterbacks in the pocket, um, like I said with Sims, uh, you put him in stressful situations and you make him feel like he has to make plays and he's going to throw picks and he's going to fumble. And just I I think if they're able to contain the quarterbacks within the within the pockets, they're going to have a lot of trouble moving the football consistently because then there's it's it's all going to be on Jameer Gibbs and. You know, we'll see how that goes. Okay. Yeah, if you're a Georgia Tech fan who uh, just so happened to be stumbled upon this podcast, just know that I, I've had your back for years, uh, <laughs> believing that that you could be a program that could be on the rise. Could be. There are special circumstances involving Georgia Tech where I believe that that program could do it. Uh, that's going to be the next coach. <laughs> it's not this one. It's it uh, not this one. <laughs> this one is already proven. But, you know, changing over from the triple option to, to a, you know, a more, a more modern offense isn't an easy feat as it is. But that's also why it's going to be the next coach. 
because I mean he was he set up to fail to begin with. It's gonna take a minute. I got faith in I still have faith in Georgia Tech being uh, a sleeping giant within the ACC at some point. It's the ACC for Christ's sakes. Anything can happen. And just given the the coaching landscape, I mean, if you're Georgia Tech, you can't fire Jeff Collins this year and expect to get anything. Um, no, you can't. Not, not this year. No, I mean Justin Fuente, adios. So there's, I mean, there's turnover within your own conference, and I think, you know, next year maybe. I think next year will be a pretty big year for for Jeff Collins because he's, yeah. You know. Where, where's Chris Creighton land? Virginia Tech. I think Chris Creighton's too old to take another job. How old's Chris Creighton? He's got to be. He's he not that old. He just looks. I mean, he looks. He looks mature for his age. Uh, with the white hair and the, and the white. Oh, uh, you're white right. He's he's 52, so he's 52. he definitely could. Right. He's 52. Exactly. Go back. Go back. A, I I tweeted out a video of of Eastern uh, celebrating the locker room, and Creighton's all the way on the right hand side. Just watch him move. Uh, as they're singing the uh, the the fight song, he's he's spry, man. He's got I Santa Claus. He can grow a Santa Claus beard. <laughs> he's fifty two, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's young enough to take a. Uh, a yeah, he's only nine fucking years yo- older than me. <laughs> so, uh, hell, he's probably yo- he's younger than Fuente, isn't he? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, what is like 55? Who would say 45? Yeah, he's 45. Oh, okay. Jesus. Coaching age, that motherfucker. Uh, okay. No, I was just, I, man. I, yeah, I'm going to bring up Eastern Michigan because this is, I'm the host of this podcast. We're not, we're not talking about the, the real, uh, the real baller today, Mel Tucker. 95 yeah, mil. We'll talk about him in a minute. We'll talk about him in a minute, but I want to talk about Eastern because it's more important because what Chris Creighton has done at Eastern Michigan, nobody has done. Nobody. How many straight and years of seven wins is this? Three straight years of seven wins? Yeah, which is, we've only had it like five, six times in program history. Yeah. In program history. You know, and for like the last couple of years, yeah, the last couple of years, I've been like, just don't say Chris Creighton's name to anybody. And I think that voodoo has worked. But I think this is the off season where there's so many openings out there. The domino effect is going to come finally come crashing down on the brick dick in Ypsilanti. And uh, there goes our white bearded Jesus. I wouldn't just, be surprised with the job that uh, McElwain's done up at uh, Central Michigan. Um, if somebody doesn't kick the tires on McElwain, cause he's coached at, you know, Florida. Prob- probably. I, I mean, um, God damn it. There's probably a few, I mean, there's probably a few Max Mac. I mean, we're, these are, and McElwain and, and, and McElwain and even Creighton will probably be the domino effect hires, right? Like yeah. the guy, like they're going to replace the guys that were just, that went and got new jobs um, at LSU or, or Virginia tech or USC. They're, they're the guys that are replacing the guys that left for those places most likely. But there, I think Feldman said it on, you know, Hey, speaking of Feldman, Feldman said that on the, um, uh, pot of gold podcast was that there's just so many, there's not enough coaches to fill the vacancies that are about to happen. There's just not, 
So there's going to be some pretty shitty hires. And what Jude was trying to bring up uh, just a couple moments ago was Mel Tucker just got fucking paid up at East Lansing. And I don't know where they're getting the money at, but I do know, listen, I do know that Michigan state is an excellent, excellent horticultural school. They have a great turf management program and weed is legal in the state of Michigan. They found a way, they found a way to pay Mel Tucker. I, uh, they found, I actually, they found they a green found a way, way to get some green. They Did found they a way, way last to bring back the men's and women's swimming programs. Did they no, killed last that, that, that was not, a, that's, they don't care about that. I do love the optics behind Michigan state spending. Well, they, they had to spend half a billion on the Larry Nasser things. Nasser, so I yeah. thought they were cash. I thought, you know, they were cash strapped, cash strapped, but, but they made, um, they made Tom Izzo and the basketball team take the bus today to go down to Butler for a basketball game. It's the, it's the marvels of, uh, of recreational marijuana. It's so much cash. They gotta be growing in East Lansing. It's just it. It's such a great program. They could do it. How much money is he making? Ninety-two million. Is that what it was? Ninety-five on a ten-year. So he's going to be making um, nine point five million, and I think he's worth every penny. Because they were going to lose him this off. Look, he's worth every penny right now. But in year six, when Michigan State is still Michigan State, or even year five, when Michigan State is still Michigan State, hold up. It's before I, I, I take I take a little umbrage with that because I don't think that you can say that while Michigan State is still Michigan State, they're the second best program in the Big Ten over the last decade. Over the last uh, since 2008, they are unquestionably I don't think that it's up for debate. They are the second best program in the entire conference. They have multiple Big Ten titles. They've been to a college football playoff. They've won a Rose Bowl. Um, you think Michigan won... State's been a better program over the last decade than Wisconsin? Absolutely. How many playoff games has Wisconsin been to? How many? How many? How many times I mean, has Wisconsin? I mean, Michigan State only went to one there. Yeah, but how, right. how many times? How many times has, has Wisconsin beaten Ohio State? The answer is zero. The only one who's getting through Ohio State, they've beaten them twice. They beat them in a Big Ten title game, and they beat them during the regular season on the the, the year that they went to the playoff. Michigan State is unquestionably the second best program in the entire conference. They are the only one, and they maintain that success. You can make that statement as long as just, just you, I, Brendan, believe Michigan State is the second best. Unquestionably, I'm questioning it. I am fucking questioning it. All right, hold on. I'm also questioning it. I still hold Wisconsin. I still hold Wisconsin up as the the second team in in that conference. They recruited they a higher level. They recruited a higher level. They put more, you know. So ju- let's just let's just run down the over sort the, of over the over the over the same course of the decade because I think our 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 friends over at uh, Bucky's Fifth Quarter brought up Notre Dame and Wisconsin's record over the last decade. Yeah, which basically mirrors each other. So I mean, record wise over the last decade, Notre Dame versus Michigan State, Notre Dame's been a much better team. That's, that, that's besides the playoff. So 2010, 11 and two, right? Won the conference. 2011, 11 and three, w- played in the Big Ten title game. 2012, seven and six. 2013, 13 and one, won the conference, won the Rose Bowl. 2015, 
or 2014, 11-2, won the Cotton Bowl against Baylor. 2015, 12-2, won the playoff, or went to the playoff, beat Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. 2016, 3-9, 2017, 10-3, 7-6, 7-6, and then Mel Tucker. I mean, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, 11 plus wins or 10 plus win seasons in the last decade, including three or including uh, three Big Ten titles and beating Ohio State twice in that time period and going to the playoff. I mean, what are, what are they, uh, seven and three in their last uh, 10 against Michigan? Sounds pretty good to me, man. I Wisconsin's over I there just, I, mucking it up in the West playing the Patsies and and since 2014, you know, they've been in I the, mean, the, been look, look, the the East is just names. That, I mean, let's not Penn State Let's not confuse the Big Ten for they've been named. But the but the 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 West is um Iowa and Nebraska I mean, they're not even names. They're just sort of like, you know, three-star tryhards. All right. So, uh, I mean, during that same time, during that same time, 2010, Wisconsin, 11-2, 11-2, 11-3, 8-6 in 2012, Nine and four, eleven. Kind of a hard record to achieve. Eight and six. That's what I'm. They went to the Big Ten title game. Um, I believe. Yeah, and so lost fifty nine. Yeah. Eight and six, nine and four, eleven and three, ten and three, eleven and three, thirteen and one, eight and five, ten and four, and then COVID year. And in that time, let's see, they lost. Lost a Rose Bowl, lost a Rose Bowl, lost a Rose Bowl, lost Capital One Bowl, one Outback, one Holiday, one Cotton, one Orange, one Pinstripe, lost Rose, won the Duke's Mayo, and then broke the fucking trophy. I, and they, uh, they've lost eight straight games to Ohio State. I really have nothing to add to this conversation except for this comment right here. MSU Athletics is facing a financial crisis unlike any we've ever seen in college athletics. <laughs> Our best case scenario this year projects a revenue shortfall in excess of $30 million. Our worst case scenario will more than double that number. While we have made significant reductions in both personnel and non-personnel expenses, closing the gaps such as that we can balance our budget, sustaining that balanced budget in the coming years requires deeper cuts that can, ma- can be made by simply spending less. That was October 22nd, 2020. Well, and now the team but, that is uh, three, three and seven against Ohio State, but with three wins against Ohio State, they get, the, they get their coach locked up. How much? What's the difference between? I mean, how how much money are they expecting to bring in with a top tenish type team that they would believe <sighs> yeah. that Bell Tucker is going to keep them at? There's a different. There, it's you're spending money to make money. Even when, even, when, even when you have making a big bet, 
you're 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 op- you're an option. No, it's a bet. Right it's you're, a you're huge an bet. Trader right now, and and you're gonna get called, and they're gonna they're gonna close your account, dude, because you are way overextended. One one problem though is that Mel Tucker almost assuredly would have been gone. He probably would have went down to LSU. And yeah, he's if got you're Michigan, sir. If you're Michigan State and you found a guy who you think is the guy, right? And who and are you already going shown that to, he will jump, right? Because yeah, he left Colorado, Colorado after one. Yeah. Who are you going to replace him with in this season where there is just tumultuous coaching turnover? Like they either had to back up the Brinks truck or they were hiring Jim McElwain from Central yeah. Michigan. Or Chris Grayton. Green stays the um, same. Are you Look, yeah. and, Mel, and by all accounts, from so nobody everything likes, that uh, I can the tell, coastal coach. Fuck him. Well, everybody. Can, well, I think what I could you can get him for a lot. See out of Mel Tucker, five million a year. But you go. You've but you already got these results. You already got a guy who's what results? Got you talked about. He you literally Michigan. could have a. You could have literally just paid ninety-five million dollars to a guy who might have three losses at the end of the season. He's two no. I mean, I'm not. Sh- <clears throat> That's all they care That's about huge. in East Lansing. That is all That's they care huge. about. Okay. Listen, Mel Tucker is the perfect fit for Michigan State, too, by the way. That's a that's not an easy thing to get. Like at a school yeah. like Michigan State, like D'Antonio is a perfect fit. That's a hard, those are hard types to find, are perfect fits for that school. It's it is a weird job. It is a totally fucking weird job just because of who they are and what the state of college football has been in the last 35, 40 years. Now, I mean, dude, I'm with you about, holy shit, spending the money that you don't have. But I, but I also believe, I also think. It's a bet. They're rolling the dice. That's totally East Lansing. They're rolling the fucking dice. I'll tell you what. I Mel think Tucker's, they. I tell you what. Mel Tucker's record as a coach lifetime is sixteen and fifteen. Yeah. yeah. But they liked what they've seen so far. He's two zero against Michigan. Exactly. He's two zero against Michigan. Dude, I don't know if you know. Two I mean, I, I mean, how Kevin White. That is. Kevin White is 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 just. He is just chef's kissing this because he's like, I'm not going to be the biggest boob ever. Now people will be talking about this Mel Tucker con- contract in a way that they'll be talking about that. They were talking about. Michi- like, they'll be shoving for it up Michigan, Michigan State, State's ass for 10 years for Michigan State. If they could just maintain the type of play that D'Antonio had over his tenure and keep it in beating Michigan at this clip. It's totally worth it to them. It's totally worth it. It wouldn't be worth it to Michigan, but it's worth it to Michigan State. It wouldn't be worth it to Ohio State, but it's definitely worth it, worth it to Michigan State. They will eat up those nine, ten win seasons as long as they're winning 60, 70% of the time against Michigan. Yeah. And fucking, the, they'll revel and, in it. And when the playoff expands to 12 and he's still- Still can't make it in. Will they still be? They still be uh, loving that. Yeah. Well, so, I, here's here's what I'll say: is um, he's already got. I mean, they're recruiting at a better level than they have probably in the last four years, four or five years. The 2022 class is a it's a top 20 class. 
Um, he's he's got just the kind of guy that he is. Um, players want to play for him. He used the, the transfer portal ex, ex, extremely well. This was a, a team where, if you look at uh, where, where'd Bill Connolly have this Michigan State team finishing? Because <laughs> um, just about everybody had him finishing damn near the bottom. Um, Bill Connolly or SP Plus? Because I'm. I don't really oh. know if they're the same. Are, today are the same. Separate the man from the machine. I mean, he's he's 70% or better on his over-unders for, for win props. Yeah, I mean, he I can't, mean, get, he totally can't get Notre Dame right to save his soul, but... When you can nail Rutgers and you can nail Kansas... Uh, when you I have think, Notre Dame as a top five team in 2016, something's broken. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see with the, the Mount Tucker thing. Um, they... They kept their coach because he was going to go to LSU. Yeah, they need, it was a ballsy move, and the, for a program it not is. not exceedingly known for being ballsy. It is. It is. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get a break in, and then when we come back. Let's 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 get in some picks. So stay with us. All right, fellas, I have not even looked at Brendan's games that he has with us. I'm going to have to pull those up. You um, told me to, uh, to, to double it. I did. I did. did. It's it. Did you, I'm getting to it here. I did. Did you throw in? Do you throw in our game? Uh, no, cause that'll be, that'll be next week. Oh, that's right. That's right. That will be next week. Yeah. 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 The whole, be next the whole Friday week. thing had me twisted. All right, so we got a lot of games to get to. Oh yeah. So let's let, let's just let's dive right on in. So take it well, away. Well, I think that this one's this one's pretty poignant, um, because the ninety-five million dollar man is <laughs> taking his ninety-one football team to Columbus, and he is a nineteen-point road dog. So Ohio State is a nineteen-point favorite, welcoming in um, Michigan State. Uh, Dude, do you think uh, do you think Mel Tucker, the ninety-five million dollar man, I mean, gets it done? I feel like maybe this is a bit now for me, but uh, give me Ohio State and I'll lay the points because fuck Mel Tucker and his ninety. I mean, happy for Mel Tucker and his ninety-five million. Uh, fuck oh. Michigan State for all the bad karma they're bringing upon themselves after the Larry Nasser shit. Yeah, no kidding. Half a billion dollars. Half a billion. <laughs> I hope Ohio State plays um, sixty-nine on them. Hey, well, you're probably right about that. The important thing to rem- the important thing to note is that this isn't the the, the Michigan State type defenses of the past, no. uh, and which could go into Columbus because defense travels and like muck it up enough to make it you know a, a two touchdown ten point game. I said last week Ohio State was going to m- straight murder um, their opponent, and they did, and they're going to do it again this week. Um, here's one thing I know about Ohio state is they still do have problems defensively. Uh, how many points did they give up to Purdue? I mean, they still covered, <laughs> right? Yeah, they did cover. <laughs> but, did. Um, I think Kenneth Walker, I think Kenneth Walker is going to get his. And I think that Michigan state is going to lose by multiple scores, but I don't think that it's going to be 19 points. So I'll take Michigan state in this one. Um, yeah, Ohio State's going to put a lot of points up. 
it could be something like you know 55 to to 40 all right so the next game i i thought was pretty interesting because um is the line the line is interesting right yeah, the line's uh, so interesting top 10 wake forest is going to seven and three Clemson and Clemson is a four and a half point favorite against the, uh, the claw fence. Um, I'll go, uh, I'll yeah. go first wake of the yeah. points, man. This is, this is, this is dumb money, right? Unless you think Nate Vegas knows something that we don't. I mean, I believe it is dumb money. Give me fucking Clemson. I mean, I just, it's just college football doesn't have a whole lot of Cinderella stories anymore. No. Uh, the, the best one wore the same colors as Wake Forest. That's probably Colorado. Their little run, uh, that first, uh, I guess, what was it? The third year of McCartney or whatever. Anyways, I don't know, man. I just, this is at Clemson. I don't think Dabo. I mean, Dabo's a good football coach, right? Supposedly. 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 I just, I refuse to believe that Wake Forest is going to go into, uh, go into Death Valley here and and do this. I just, I don't see it. I it would make me laugh and be joyous, but I'm gonna go ahead and take Clemson to cover. Uh, I'm going to go with Wake Forest um, for a couple of different reasons. One of them is because I do want to laugh and I want to hitch my wagon towards <laughs> laughing. Uh, and the other is, is that like if Wake Forest, I'm Clemson's defense has still been pretty good um, this season. I mean, in the last four games, they've given up, you know, 27, 20, 24, seven. Um, so teams are starting to get them a little bit. And I just think that if Wake Forest's offense is just capable of maybe scoring, uh, you know, 27, 30 points and, um, you know, DJU has been up and down. He was less than 50 percent completions last week. Um, So I think the Wake Forest Cinderella story continues and the sad season for Clemson continues. Can I just Um, say real quick, we didn't talk about last week. Yeah. How fucking stupidly close I was at at bagging that. Penn State, North Carolina was the two that I that I had in the red there. Yeah. Penn State choking there at the end. North Carolina playing for the fucking tie right before a cowards. Uh, a, a tsunami or, or a going into and going into OT, going into OT in any event and getting the, the six and a half was pretty surprising and you know be ballsy like Kansas. Kansas fucking was rewarded by the football gods for not fucking around and going for the win right away. Yeah. Uh, to be fair to Mac Brown though, um, Pitt had done nothing in the second half and I felt pretty comfortable. Um, you know, he thought, you know, Pitt hadn't done anything in the second, basically since the first quarter. Um, and he was like, well, I just can't believe there's not an assistant somewhere. That didn't say, by the way, there is a bomb cyclone about to hit in about five minutes. Right before your team gets the ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, poor fat, poor, poor, poor fat Ian Buck. Um, all right. So, 
so the next game, um, fresh off a loss, the Oklahoma Sooners welcome their arch nemesis. No, um, chief spoiler and the Iowa Hawkeye, the Iowa State uh, Cyclones. Um, this is where Matt Campbell gets um, all of his credit from quote unquote coaching circles, right? Like beating Oklahoma is the only reason why anyone talks about Matt Campbell as being a respectable coach. Because he wins yeah, like I, Coach Osinko, he still loses four to five games every year. But he beats Oklahoma, and they're like, well, you know, it's a hard place to win at, and he beats Oklahoma. So I'm going to take Iowa State until Oklahoma can prove um, otherwise. I just think Oklahoma's falling apart here. I'm going to take Oklahoma because I think Iowa State's falling apart. (laughs) And there's better pieces on the Sooner side of the field. I don't necessarily think – I really don't think Lincoln Riley's that great a coach. And I don't just, you know, he's in my Ryan Day category of you were handed a fucking Ferrari, you know, and you haven't wrecked the thing completely. Larry so, Cooker, but, Mark Alfrich. Yeah, at least, hey, Larry Cooker won a national championship. Uh, neither one of those guys have. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just maybe something gets right, gets right back with Oklahoma. I just, the Oklahoma store, the Oklahoma Drama isn't over. Um, Oklahoma's a mess. <laughs> Lincoln Riley's getting courted by LSU. Ooh. You know, a lot of just, a lot of distractions. I never want to hitch my wagon to Matt Campbell because I think he's a fraud. <laughs> but give me Oklahoma. <laughs> I give. I'm sorry. Give me Iowa State, and I'll take the points. Both hitching our wagon to Coach Cinco. Yeah. Oof. Man, you guys. It's a bad I place to know you anymore. Um, all right. So the next one's a little bit interesting because it's the last decent, decent regular season game that Cincinnati's going to play this year. And traveling to the NIP is the SMU Mustangs, Pony Express. Cincinnati is an 11 and a half point favorite. Josh, what do you think? Does Cincinnati does luck does luck finally run out on the the Bearcats? If this was in Dallas, I would call for a straight up SME new win. Um, it is not. It is in the dangerous nip. And I think yes. I mean, I I might take the uh, I'm gonna take the points in SMU, but I think I think Cincinnati ends up escaping the game. It's gonna be. Uh, Maybe not a crazy shootout, but we're talking like 33, 27, some shit like that. But well with it. I mean, that that's a lot of points. Uh, I don't think I just especially the way Cincinnati's been playing. uh, Prove me wrong, but I'll take SMU in the points. Yeah, I'll also take SMU in the points. Um I think SMU is capable of keeping this within what is it, eleven and a half, twelve points? Yeah. Eleven and a half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's possible. So um I may Are I you may expecting are you ex- I may re- I may regret this, but I just feel feel like it's I, I don't I don't see an outright win. I just I see them keeping it. Okay. Close. That's what I was gonna ask you. Yeah. 
SMU is the sixth ranked scoring offense in the nation. They're averaging uh, 41.6 points per game. Um, it's going to be a shootout. And when there's a shootout, you take the points. You take the points. So you take the points. Pew, pew. So um, I think the the Mustangs, I think Cincinnati would be too hyped up. I don't, I don't, I think everybody's chirping at them about this game. I don't think that they let this one scoot by, but I mean, they almost did against Tulsa. So <laughs> And then game day in town. So, all right. So, Kenny Pickett Classic. I'm not sure if Brennan Armstrong is playing in this game, and the line might dictate whether or not he is because Pittsburgh is favored by 14 and a half at home against the Cavaliers of Virginia. That Jude, is your, a lot of points. Jude, does, does Kenny Pickett? And the boys uh, get it done at their definitely uh, their their home field as they continue to ruin Heinz Field uh, for for my Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, um, look, I I think what I've read is it's definitely still a question mark that Brennan Armstrong plays in this game, and so I saw the Virginia offense without Brennan Armstrong. It's not much of an <laughs> offense to be speak, spoken of, and um, I'm going to take Pitt to cover. And again, Brennan could play on Saturday and look awesome and really ruin this for me. But uh, I'm, I'm going to ride with Pitt. Um, I saw a fun stat today um, about this game. Did you know that uh, Pittsburgh has never played a football game this season in which they faced the opponent starting quarterback throughout the entire game? They've either <laughs> knocked them out. Or the quarterback was injured leading into the game. That is very amazing. Good for them. Uh, So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Pitt as well. Mm, Yeah, I'm gonna take Pitt as well. Um, Just because I don't know if Brandon Armstrong is gonna be in it. Um, You sounded like not kombucha girl there for a second. Uh, No, no, no. Yes. Well, well, (laughs) well, pick it. So I was going to say this before I heard that, that fun stat from Brendan. And now it just means even more. Pitt is a fucking team of destiny right now. <laughs> team of destiny. And the thing about destiny is destiny is ruled by fate. Uh, and, you know, the, the gods were just playthings of the gods. And they're just, they're laying it out for Pitt with this quarterback situation. Uh, yeah. Fucking go pit because they're I mean they are just bound to win this ACC this year. They're just now now Jack, I, ha- I have to point out that you will not beat me if we continue to agree on all these picks, right? So, dude, I can only pick my conscience. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I do not I do not pick I do not pick gamely in that manner. Otherwise, I'd just be. Why would I want to do that? That's just that's not me. Why would you want to pick whatever one? happens? I, happens. I, 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 literally, I don't know. Well, I, just, I want to, so, I want to pick what I believe. Okay. I'm not trying to play a game here. So I think this is the most interesting game of the whole weekend. Um, and that's at Royce Eccles stadium, Rice Eccles stadium in Salt Lake city, the home of Jen Shaw, who was arrested for, for <laughs> bilking old people out of money. Is that wrong? Is that Has wrong? Not done that. Um, <laughs> whose <laughs> whose husband, I believe, coaches the secondary 
of uh, Utah, so he might have some things weighing heavy on his mind. Um, but Utah is a three-point favorite over the number three team in the land, the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, for a reason, because Oregon sucks. Fuck them. Give me Utah. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Yes. Perfect. I'll take Oregon in the points. Um, I need oh, this to happen. Wait, for one question. Is this, wait, is, yeah, this yeah. Being play, is this being played on a Friday night by any chance? Because if it is, then I'm definitely taking Utah. Uh, no, no, it is okay. being played. No, no. Uh, All right. Saturday. Oregon. That's a, that. That is an excellent point, though, Jude. <laughs> <laughs> just these games on Fridays, they just that's shit happens on those games, but they're different. Yeah, they hit different. Yeah, they hit different. Yeah, this game is being played um, seven thirty, so it'll be. I mean, it'll be dark by the end. Uh, it's a tough place to high. play. It'll be hype. It'll be hype. It'll be hype. Um, was that Rice yeah, Eccles Stadium? Is that what the Rice Eccles? Yeah, said? the tough tough place yeah. to play. Their yeah. their record against team ranked teams and in, in night games, quote unquote, is uh it's pretty pretty good. Um I'm surprised Kyle Whittingham isn't isn't courted more. Honestly. I mean I think he's content in where he's at. He's got a good situation there. Um He's the guy that we like, right? Like I like content coaches that just stay there. Just they're not they're not constantly looking for that that name upgrade and and uh, especially at a place like Utah, where they're at, right? I mean, it's, hey, it's a they may have low alcohol in that state, but it's it's, it's still a gorgeous state. Uh, a bunch of friendly Mormons out there if you can keep them off the front door. Yeah, um, yeah. There's probably not a whole lot of Mormon door knockers in the state of Utah, though, right? Uh, no, there's probably a ton. No, I mean, like, they, they've they done all the door knocking in that state. Oh, you're else. saying that it's super saturated. Yeah, um, yeah, like, like they're, they're preaching to the choir, knocking on doors. I was in northern Arizona, and I saw a lot of Mormons riding their bicycles around. Um, but that's northern uh, Arizona. Uh, I'm going to go we with had Utah. The, we had them in, uh, in Hicksville a few years back, which was – it's just high comedy. In this we have, we have Jehovah's world. Witnesses around uh, around these parts. Oh, we've had those. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Utah because I need it to happen. I need Oregon to lose. Um, I personally want Notre Dame to go to the playoff in the first domino um, that needs this to fall. Right here, yep. Is Oregon needs to lose this football game? So give me give me Utah. I need it to happen. Um, the next one, I guess, I, I put it on here because it's a ranked on ranked matchup. Um, but Alabama is hosting Arkansas and they are a 21 point favorite. Alabama hasn't been particularly impressive. Yeah. 21 uh, points is a lot of points too. It's a lot of points against a team that likes to run. Uh, but I guess if you can get a big lead, then Arkansas can't come back. But, um, I'm going to go with this Alabama. Is a, against this my is a Brian judgment. day, right? Yeah. This, I'm going to go against. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's in it's in it's in uh, Tuscaloosa. I'm gonna go with my better judgment. It's a big spread, but um, I just think Arkansas is a team that that wants to run, and those are the types of team that Alabama just blows out. Um, Alabama tried to piss away a game against LSU not too long ago, which their quarterback couldn't complete the pass, <laughs> hit the broadside of a barn. Right? He could not. No. Um, 
Yeah, I'm going to take Arkansas on the points. I may come to regret this. I used to take Alabama minus anything, um, but just I'm not feeling that this year, so I'm going to take Arkansas on the points. Brendan, does, uh, who, who's the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide? Um, uh, Bear Bryant. The guy that coached uh, mm. Michigan State Spartans to a 45 to The Affleck. I think it's the, I think it's Bob Deion Davey. Sanders or the Affleck Duck. Is it Deion Sanders and the Affleck Duck? Yeah, Coach. I I never thought I would at once hear save and call anybody Coach Prime. Hey, Coach Prime. Uh, Damn enough money. What a world. Do anything you want. Dance like a monkey. Deion going to take that TCU job? Holy shit. Um, you can bring his son with him. Yeah, pass. Yeah, give me Alabama. I, I think, look, without question, the talent differential on these two teams is astronomical. And Nick Saban, fuck, I think he lives for this. He needs that that two losses, or that you know, excuse me, that one loss. That's just like adrenaline to him. Just makes shit more interesting. And so I, I, I think they fucking destroy Arkansas. I, and then everyone's going to be like, Oh God, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to be bad. It's, it's blood. It's bloodbath worthy. All right. So the next one, uh, interesting line as well. Um, and that's Kansas state at home and they're hosting fresh off a win against Oklahoma, the Baylor Bears, and Kansas State is a one-point favorite against said Baylor Bears. Um, Dave Aranda's squad has a shot of going to the Big 12 title game. Um, I don't really have a a read on this. I mean, Kansas State has been a real up-and-down kind of team. Um, but I don't think Baylor's particularly great. Um, and, and what's essentially a pick I'm going to say Kansas State pulls out the upset and just makes the entire Big 12 conference look stupid. Because it is a stupid conference. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go Baylor. They can run the football and they can play defense. And... They just they've looked better than Kansas State this year, just flat out. So give me the Bears. I feel like I feel like Kansas State has one of these games every year where they beat a team. They do. That's my one thing. Yeah. Yeah. But having said that, I'm actually going to take Baylor too because I just believe <laughs> in that team more. So yeah, it just it really just comes down to is this is this the week? And if it's not, it's just like. Baylor's, I think Baylor's just so much better football team than Kansas State right now. I mean, Kansas State did beat um, Kansas by 25, and Kansas is a team that beat Texas, and everyone knows Texas is good. So Texas played Oklahoma tough for half. Yeah, I mean, Kansas, Kansas State probably should have beaten Oklahoma. It was a 31-27 yeah. game. Yeah, well, that's that's typical for a Kansas State-Oklahoma game, though. Yeah, that's the game they typically beat Oklahoma, and everyone's like, what? Never saw this coming. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so this brings, us, this brings us to the uh, 
the game we've all been waiting for, and that's Notre Dame Georgia Tech. Uh, Notre Dame on Senior Day, at home, seventeen point favorites. Who wants to take the floor and pontificate about this? I game? just, I look. I think Notre Dame understands what the what the task is. They they understand that they've got to win, not only win but look good, uh, beating up on a bad team. And I think seventeen points is is no problem for for a home game. Uh, that Georgia Tech will probably be not very interested in playing. And I'm looking at a score like... forty 49-10. I like where your head's at with that. Um, I'll step up and uh, step up to the plate and let Josh take the, the back cleanup. Um, yeah, I, I think the thing I'm most can, curious about is whether or not Notre Dame gives up a touchdown in this game. They haven't given up a touchdown in two straight games. Um, I'm not sure if they do a good job of containing the quarterbacks for Georgia Tech. If, if Notre Dame, the way that their defense is playing, I hope that um, the members of the secondary will continue to be bored during games. That would be, uh, <laughs> that would be very good. Um I'd like Notre Dame to kind of break out offensively. Um, last week, they really had an opportunity to do so. I mean, and they didn't, and they still won by 25. So there's no way I can pick Notre Dame not to cover in this game. Um, so I'm going to pick Notre Dame to win, win big. And I'm going to say something along the lines of uh, 45 to 6. They give up a couple of field goals. Joshua. Well, this is. This is fucking amazing. I wrote my I wrote my score down before we started picking. So I do feel that this is gonna be a game that's gonna piss some people off, like off the off the jump. Maybe that's a three and out in the first series for Notre Dame. I don't know, but people are gonna act like this is a slow start, even if they score like five touchdowns in a row after that. Uh, but I think they go into the ha- I think it's a a closer than expected halftime uh, for whatever reason. And then it's just a, it kind of turns into a colossal turnover fest slash just steamrolling in the second half. Uh, Notre Dame was just way too much. I got Notre Dame winning by a score of 45 to 10. Oh, that's only that. It's an amalgamation between, uh, I wrote this, I wrote this down. I am fucking psychic. It's going right. to be, I am, I am sad because I think Notre Dame could get out of Palo Alto without allowing Stanford to score a touchdown. I think that's a possibility. It would, wouldn't it be grand if they could, <laughs> what does that say? Like as unimpressed as I think some Irish fans were about last week with, against Virginia. What if, what if they allowed zero to two touchdowns over the course of, of four games, the last four games of the season. If they didn't give up any touchdowns the last four games of the season and sort of the narrative around the offense uh, getting right after the bye week, um, that's certainly something that you could place in front of the committee as a, as a, as a point of, of note, right? Oh, I think absolutely. I think even if they allowed like just a couple touchdowns, like say they allow one to Georgia tech this week and one to Stanford the next week, you say we we have allowed a grand total of 
two touchdowns in our last four games. That's, That's a, a statement. There will still be people that say, look who you played, though. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But. But that's that's for people that don't pay attention to, to college football. Hmm. That is still a feat of on to, no matter who you're playing to go four games. And, you know, what I'm saying? like, that's a huge thing. I mean, you're not dipping down in the FCS for that. You know, three of those opponents, three of the four would have been FB would have been power five opponents. That's not bad. That's a uh, that it's better than not bad. That's pretty a fucking good. that's a, that's pretty good. good. So we'll see. That's interesting. 45 <laughs> 45 6, 49 10, 45 10. Okay. Awesome. Hmm. Cool. That hey, uh you know what a win Saturday does, right? Yeah. It beats Bill Connolly's projection for Notre Dame. <laughs> Bill Connolly, that's not too. SP plus. Not SP plus. We've already done that. We've already done that. <clears throat> no, we've already done that. Uh, but that gives that gives Brian Kelly another double digit winning season. Cash is the over. Is, uh, for Vegas, right? Yep. Yep. For all the people that didn't take eight point five and took nine. Yeah, it's a. You know, for for this program, I mean. Whoever's still complaining out there, I just, I don't know who you are. And I don't want to, because that means you're a lot older than me and I'm old mm-hmm. and I'm, and this is still like, this is the greatest stretch of Notre Dame football in my adult life. And I'm, that's even if I was an adult at 16, which like in some States I'm an adult in 16, right? Like for some things. Yeah. <laughs> so you can register I mean, to vote my state at 16. Yeah, I was 16 in 1994. In 1994, so this is the greatest stretch of Notre Dame football since 1994. That's not—I just pulled that out of my ass, and that's true. <laughs> so I'm happy. I get. Are, are are there still people out there? Do you guys still get the? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I get all sorts of tweets at me. Left and fucking. I mean, I could be like Notre Dame. Get Michael Mayer catches a 15-yard pass for first down, and then I'll get all sorts of mentions on that tweet, like Avery Davis was Notre wide Dame open fans. 25 Ta- years down the line, or 25 years. Who hoped we would have done that shit? I did, it would have been. It, it's just it's stupid. But I mean, I people still talk. Notre Dame fans still talk about. Oh, so you're happy with mediocrity? What is mediocre about winning 10 plus games a year? How is that mediocre? Find a new well, fucking term. Get a dictionary and find yourself a new fucking word. It, even better, fucking find a thesaurus. Get like 10 of them. Get a dictionary, find a new word, then take that word. Don't go to a fucking thesaurus and come up with 10 new ones. Stop saying fucking mediocrity. It's ridiculous. Quit being I mean, a- I, I, think, I think you're... I think people could say that, are you okay with them not meeting their standard, right? Because if the standard is graduating champions, we haven't, we haven't, we've graduated, but we haven't been champions of anything. I don't even use that phrase. I just say that the sta- the standard is you're, you're playing to win it, win a national championship. I, okay. So you haven't won a national championship. 
God, don't, you know, put away the knife, dude. Stay away from sharp objects. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've, I've been pretty pretty outspoken I, on I'm this podcast the word about video. the fact that I, I've enjoyed, what is it, I mean, I pull out the numbers the other night, right? 55 out of 70 of the, the 55 out of the last 70 games I've had, I've had happy nights. And that includes half of the 2016 season. I mean, it's a phenomenal. Yeah. Eight, the, eight and five run. is mediocre. Coach Ocho Cinco is, is mediocre. This, this run that we're on right now is not. It's this is a, it's fun. This is an extraordinary time. I can watch Iron Williams at least two more times. I'm very excited about that. Three more times. At well, least three more times. If I was Kyron Williams, I would not play in a non-playoff bowl game. But that's just me. Well, if you're Joshua Voles, you're just saying we're going to the playoffs and just living and fucking dying on that one. I love it. I love it. I'm all in. Four <laughs> more times. We're going to see him play four <laughs> more times, damn it. You know what old Josh Voles says about making yeah, playoff predictions? The old. Fuck it. You're good I hands. can take it. You're in good <laughs> This is the old Hicksville Express. <laughs> there's the I, well, you know, I, I'm still dumbfounded Jude two hours later did you have not trouble seen little trouble in Little China I I don't get it I, I literally just watched it before we recorded it I, I haven't seen Adventures in Babysitting either that was that was the other option Jesus Christ there's some kind of mind meld going on here Carrie and I were sitting on the couch and I was just, I chose to watch Big Trouble Little China. It wasn't just on some channel today. We just sat down and we were just bullshitting around. And I'm just like, haha, click. And then the, the thing right next to it was Big, was Adventures of Babysitting. And uh, I chose that one, which Adventures of Babysitting is a great movie too, by the way. I don't have a wiener. Jude, what do you got left of the tank? Let's get out of here. I don't have anything. Guys, have fun. Can't wait. Go see my friends at Pole. Fun Jude. Uh, Stadium Pole 3, if you're looking for a tailgate. Last last time this, this season, to get, get involved in that. I really do like those guys. They're good people. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're... The, uh... Appreciate much appreciated the uh, the PBRs awaiting me. It's always a, uh, a nice time right before uh, going into the game. Brendan, do you got anything left? I'm guessing Brendan's tweeting his I think child. Brendan left. I think Brendan's tweeting his ah. child <laughs> or cleaning up a okay. diaper accident. That, that, yeah, that's what he's got left. That's what he's got left. Yeah, All right. That's what he's got. Well, left. that's it. Yeah, that's it for me. Um, yeah, enjoy watching uh, Notre Dame Georgia Tech. Uh, keep in mind those seniors, guys that aren't going to be there next year. Um, I'd say Kyle Hamilton, but Kyle Hamilton isn't playing, uh, so you've already <laughs> you've already seen the last of that. Uh, so, but I mean, it's it's still a time where you know there's some guys out there, maybe Jared Patterson, that makes just watch and appreciate some things there. So. All right. Well, for the good father, Brendan, and for the good man, Jude, and for this and for this son of a bitch over here in Hicksville, Ohio. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And as always, go Irish.